I've definitely, definitely met you, and I'm so happy for that. That was so sweet. Oh, it was. Okay. Right. Welcome to the Puma Pod. It is great to have all of you with us today. I am very excited for today's podcast. I have been thinking about this episode for quite some time. And as the nature of the podcast goes, we really want to provide some insight and some joy about education and about what happens with teachers in the classroom. And I am very happy to have my lovely assistant principal back from Jamaica. There she is, Mrs. McAllister, formerly Miss Donaldson, now Mrs. McAllister. And welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back <laughs> at Pinebrook and in general on the podcast. But excited to be back, excited to talk to the amazing educators we have with us today. That's true. And that's who we're going to introduce next, who I have here. I have Alina Khan, Susan Fulop, and Marissa Zook. Uh, and the purpose of today's talk is that these three people have three different points in their career. And Alina is, say hello, Alina. Hello, everybody. <laughs> she is our brand new baby teacher here at Pinebrook Elementary newbie. School in her first year as self-proclaimed newbie. And we have Marissa Zook. Marissa, this is year number- 14. 14 for you. Yep. So right in the middle of your career, the prime moment, uh, you know enough. And <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I do, I know it all. Just kidding. <laughs> and uh, and of course we have the fabulous and wonderful Susan Fulop. How are you today, Susan? I'm great, thank you. I get to admit that I've been teaching well over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I get to talk about the fact that I'm looking at my retirement. <laughs> and the scope. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what we're looking for. Like what's in the future? What have you learned? And today is the about the insight of your three perspectives on education. And, but before we dive into that too far, Alina, let's learn a little bit about who you are. So give us a quick little snapshot. All right, so as we mentioned, first year brand new to the teaching. <laughs> um, grew up in Loudoun County. Wanted to come back here um, and teach kindergarten. Um, came to Pinebrook last year with the intent that I wanted to teach kindergarten. Paul and I talked and we said, let's try TA. Yeah. See how that goes, get some exposure, see kind of what it looks like, the curriculum, um, expectations, behaviors. I learned so much from that and I decided I want to do more. I tell you what, you had a great person to learn from yes, who is Jessica She's a teacher here so at So many Brook. things, yes. And she has such a way about her, Absolutely. and I think we'll have, probably have to get her on a future episode. <laughs> Resources, advice, any little thing I could just think over if I wanted to learn something. She was so open and down for everything. So huge shout out to Jesse for that. Um, and I decided I wanted to come back, email Paul. I said, I want to do this again next year. I want to have my own classroom. I've learned so much from like my schooling and stuff. And I yeah. said, let's put it into practice and figure out like, what does my educational kind of classroom look like? That's wonderful. That's a great yeah. start. And honestly, having that kind of guidance and mentorship, mm -hmm. like really puts- Made such a difference. Yeah. And yeah, seems to have set you up for mm -hmm. a great success so far, which so far in this year, yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then a slightly different journey, maybe more than just here <laughs> in Virginia great. Yep. for Marissa Zook. Give us a quick yeah. little tour of I, how you got here. I didn't go to school for teaching. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, um, which I still some days think I'd be good at, but. I, I, not some days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually didn't want to go straight into law school. So I worked as a special education aide in California and then went back to get my teaching license. Um, and 
taught in California at kindergarten my very first year, which was Wonderful. it was something. I appreciate kindergarten teachers. And then I had fifth grade and then I had all these long-term sub jobs because it was the lovely decline coming straight out of college where there were no jobs and class sizes went back up from 20 to 30. And like you said, this was in California. California, time, right? And then my husband got transferred for work uh, in the middle of the school year. Okay. And we moved out here in January when it was six degrees oh, and uh, wow. Loudoun County would not hire me as a substitute. <laughs> so I worked for Fairfax actually until oh. the end of the year. Um, but I really didn't like their schedule time-wise. So then I ended up here and this is my 10th year actually with Loudoun, um, all with fourth grade since I've been here. And it's, it's uh, I love fifth grade, but they get a, um, they're, they're a little, um, Ah, uh, what's the word? <laughs> How do you put it nicely? They're a little smelly as the end of the year progresses. Um, love fifth grade though. A little known secret about fifth little grade. Little known secret. But fourth grade is the sweet spot. They still have. They can get your sarcasm. It's a really tough year, but it's my it's my favorite. My mom is a fourth grade teacher still in California, oh, also. Oh, wow. So it's got a special place in my heart. Even though I really enjoyed fifth grade, fourth grade I think was where it was meant to be. The family legacy is really exactly, important. and it's certainly connection you and your mom have. Yeah. And I know it's so special. And uh, we talked about several times. You, you, mom, and I have connected I, over now called X. But, I, right now, now, now known as X. But yeah, <laughs> which was great. We chatted. We said hello. She's a lovely lady. She does. She loves a good state history project. Also, I think that's the other reason why I was a history major. So fourth grade, oh, wonderful. being able to teach state history, I think, is really why I like fourth grade so much yeah. more than fifth grade because it was, you know, geography's not as as jazzy as teaching about Jamestown and the Revolutionary War. It's a little more exciting. That's that's true. We're going to come back to you in a little bit. But let's find out about Susan Fulop over here. Also, a little bit of a unique journey. A little bit of a unique journey. Um, when I graduated from college, I was a pre-law major as well. Hey, what a great connection. <laughs> I was. I was, except you're suited to be an attorney. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a little softer than that. Um, and so um, I went and I worked for a law firm in Boston for a while, and then I made a decision that I thought I just wasn't cut out for that. I then went and I worked as a regional training manager for the Estee Lauder companies. Oh my. And then so then I went, I had a really close stint. I stopped working for a teeny bit and the, my daughter's preschool was looking for teachers and I was kind of home and so I went literally in and I said, I can work a day, a week, I can do this. And I literally sat in a classroom of four-year-olds and was absolutely astounded at the learning journey. It was really amazing. I remember one time they were doing like the kids were gluing like an ice cream on top of a cone and half of them didn't know where to put it. And I was like, what is the matter? And the teacher that I worked with said, they have no real point of reference as to where an ice cream sits on a cone. Hmm. I was like, wow. And I sat back and I spent a year just observing the learning and how authentic it was to have a child learning in, in, um, in a play environment sure. and all the really cool stuff that happened. And I was literally sold. I literally went back, I got my master's, I got hired wow. before I finished school. And so I taught private school for a while. And then um, I drew Marissa 10 years ago. We were <laughs> years. together our first year in Latin was the same year. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then I followed her over here to you guys like a year later, which was the most blessed journey of my life mm -hmm. coming here to Pinebrook. Well, you do have four children, so that, I'm sure that was also a blessed Oh, journey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No one wants to know what I learned there. <laughs> or the fact that I've got three grandbabies. <laughs> oh, that's so, uh, very, that like, is... 
I'm like, look at Madison's pencil grip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my girls are like, oh, Wow, she really did find her calling. Yeah. <laughs> like if she's yeah. talking about the infants of this small, small child's yeah. pencil yeah. grip yeah. as the, like, the grandma talking. Like, you and a half and you should see the way she holds her crayons. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, it's a really um, eye-opening and amazing journey in education when you look at the kids, the children from the very, very beginning of their lives. Yes. The, what they can learn when they're set up in the right situation and when there's the right environment and the right people are nurturing them. It's it's pretty awesome. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. wonderful. And so I really appreciate the fact that you gave us a little bit more details as to why you ended up choosing education over pre-law or a whole other career yeah Yeah. i'm curious of the same point with you marissa like you were down a similar road it seems like which actually we didn't know what i think before this conversation no um i was like i worked in a law firm over the summer and i was miserable (laughs) but i was like everybody in here is miserable everybody that comes in to deal and why you're seeking out an attorney is because you're miserable or unhappy about something and i was like yeah they do drive nice cars yeah it just everybody seemed pretty unhappy all the time um and i was actually working for a kindergarten teacher as one of the special education assistants at the time in her classroom and i had two twin students that i worked with in two different classrooms and she was a lot like me and i was like oh so you can do this profession if you're not like the like you have a little bit more of the sarcasm side you know just don't you don't see myself i didn't see myself as a teacher because i'm like kind of the opposite personality as my mom and so i was like i don't know and i was like i think there's a place for all of us in it it just really depends on the relationships you build and this teacher had such a great relationship for kindergartners where it was like okay and even as a kindergarten teacher i could see that it was like it suits all personalities it just meant how you carve it out for you so yeah, went went a different route because the um, unhappiness of that office was an interesting vibe. So, <laughs> and, that, and you just—it sounds like you just didn't see yourself in a long term. Not in that profession, no. And that was where my brain had been for really like since freshman year of high school. So it's like eight years. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, no, or not. <laughs> or, or maybe that isn't going to quite be what happens. <laughs> maybe not. So, yeah. I appreciate the insight, though. And I like what you said the most about relationships, right? Because that is, you know, something that we've talked about so much mm-hmm. here at Pinebrook. And so that seems to be your why you went into um, education versus you know some other field because the types of relationships you could have here versus you could have anywhere else and just knowing Susan Fold as well uh, in terms of relationships like that is your bread and butter like that is your jam <laughs> yeah I love that I love it um, I think the, the the beautiful thing is you can make children you can guide children to any place you want to take them when you do it with the love and respect and compassion and understanding of where they are and you can bring kids on incredible journeys. And I think that that's kind of the gift of what we get to do. So, and, um, and I love it how you talked about the gift of what we get to do too, because you, yeah. you, you have to love this to understand that this is a gift in some ways. Oh yeah, if you can't come, and I think for us, and I will speak for myself, but I'm sure you'll agree, part of the gift of what we get to do is working in this school with an administration that supports us all doing it the way that we do it and you allow us to relate to our children in a really positive way that we do um and 
but it's all about building life is about building mm -hmm. relationships and when we get to do that with our children especially in fifth grade teaching them how to do that before they go to middle school it just sets them up for success in life i think and if you for the listening audience here you could see that you know uh susan really looked across the table over to alina <laughs> as if she was passing it's along a, this I'm nugget of wisdom to you um and and in which is a great segue to yeah. some of the why that it could work for you, Alina. Like, I'm sure you also had dreams of lots of, envisions of lots of different places for yourself in your career. But why did you why end up in education? Yeah. So it's funny you say that. I actually have always wanted to be a teacher. Oh, okay. So, I was gonna say, tell yeah. me you're gonna say free no, like, law. Sorry to put your bones. Darn it. But actually, I'm on the opposite. Like, I taught in second grade. Star student, what did I put? I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, wow. I just knew off the bat. I would play teacher as a kid. My stuffed animals were my students. <laughs> my younger sibling was my student. Like, and I always showed like that nurturing component. I'd make lesson plans. I would make slideshows. I was enthusiastic. I just, I knew from the beginning. There was not one thing even to this day. I'm like, what would I have been? And I tell like anybody, I'm like, I don't really have any other thing that I would want to do. Like this is just. Besides, this was it. This yeah. This was it for you. That's pretty. For, as of second grade. Do you have younger siblings by chance? One. Did you was that sibling also yeah. <laughs> a classmate or also that a student as you were growing up? Five years younger. So when she was in kindergarten, I would see her in the hallway as a fifth grader. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fun. Oh, That's great. Like, and then you oh, gave her so lessons excited. at home or before yes. she came to school. Yeah. <laughs> she would be my smartest my kid student. in her class. That's great. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my wife is a similar. She also will teach and she tells herself similarly. And she does have a couple of younger siblings and she would tell and stories and literally okay. would have her younger siblings sit down oh. while she had a board yes, and exactly. she was teaching them <laughs> the, the ABCs right there. Exactly. Siblings. That was yeah. what was happening. I would get the desk out, the chair, literally the environment was set up. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Is it like you dreamed it would be? <laughs> this is a great question. I thought I was asking Honestly, the questions, but I appreciate you. Now. This is fantastic. I'm really learning. I mean, I could have to spend a whole time on what I've learned it just oh, in yeah. this quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always going to be, everybody's going to be looking at what you're doing the entire time. That was one pretend stupid thing. It's like, <laughs> it's not going to always be like the tension's going to be on you. Like, this is a smooth For sure. Yeah. I was like, I think it's Bumpy ride. I think the weirdest part, or part about a profession is that you have to build relationships with like three different groups of humans. It's like uh -huh. your class of kids is one group, <laughs> right. but then you have to build the relationships with each of those kids. But you also need relationships with their grownups. Yes. Yes. And then you also have to have a relationship within your team, yes. your school. Like it's There's not like areas, a lot of yeah. other professions yeah. where it's like, this is my group, this is who I work with, and these are maybe my clients, or these are the only people mm -hmm. I'm talking to. Because it's an ever-changing client list. It is. And like, then every year. I was going to say yeah, every year. Even within shirt. the year, yeah. it's an ever changing client list sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it's relationship building on a lot, a lot of levels mm -hmm. that it's like something you don't, nobody tells you about when you're going to school. And can you talk to maybe why that is so critical in the story of education for each child? Like, why invest so much in those parent relationships and student relationships you get? But why the parent relationships too? Like definitely for me, without the student relationships, you don't have any buy-in in your classroom, and and there's no order. It's just chaos. Sure. Like they're they they gotta buy into that. This is their, their community also, and so we like the respect has to be mutual. But you know the like the parents and the guardians at home, like we can't do our job without them. Like they are a massive support system because we get them for X amount of time each day, but it is 
we're shoving Virginia studies and science and math and reading and oh wait, don't forget about this that we have to do. And they're like, <laughs> little brains are blown. Like you can just see like the fuse wearing out at the end of the day. It's like, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's helpful when those, you know, you get the, hey, we noticed that they're having trouble with this too. We're like, wow, they did so awesome on this. They put so much time and effort into it. It's nice to be able to see it. but. I was a lot of my conversations with parents at conferences, which was mm -hmm. like, thank you for helping yeah. support mm -hmm. what we're doing in class because wow. yep. we can't, we are a team and I'm only one tiny part of the team. Your student is a huge part of the team yeah. <laughs> and their effort is, but what also what, when we see that there are areas like the need for that with the grownups at home is so helpful. Yeah. I always like to, um, at conferences, I always like to reinforce the fact that, that we're a team, but that really, I am a smaller part of this team. I'm a support hmm. to help you with your child. I'm here perspective. to help. Yeah, yeah. So I see myself as a little tiny piece of this relationship where I'm here to guide and to help and to support in the relationship you have with your child. That's so, yeah. that's such a unique perspective, Susan, because I think a lot of times, you know, that the, the teacher is looked at as sort of the one with the knowledge mm -hmm. and the one with the direction, and you have completely mm -hmm. flipped that idea oh, on yeah. its head and said that, no, really it is about the child and it's about the parent and how much you value education. And you are, you are a driver of that yeah. emphasis because you, it seems like you see the bigger picture to their schooling career. Oh, huge. I'm telling you, I love the fact that I stand up on my mother's soapbox all the time. <laughs> and I say, this is very important. What we do in here is life changing. You need choices in your life. It, it begins in fifth grade. It begins right here in Pinebrook. And they're all like this. And one kid goes one day, Oh, you sound just like my mother. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Your mother's a great lady. <laughs> and I think you have to do that. I think if you can, if you keep yourself set apart as the teacher, I think you can't, you can't mesh in there with them and you can't get kind of dirty with it. You know, you yeah. can't really get, get dig deep um, if you're the authority and you're the know-it-all. You just follow what I say. Right. No, it, and you know, and I think there's something lost in that scenario. And that's something that I think uh, education as a profession has learned over time, mm -hmm. that it can't be about this, the driver, like mm -hmm. learning can't be about, I have this knowledge and I'm passing mm -hmm. it on to you. Fortunately for you, young children. No, no, it, yeah. it, you know, I think we called it a, you know, no longer the sage on the stage, but right. the guide on the side. I think you may have heard me say before. <laughs> and so, I don't remember the first part, but I do remember the guide on the side. <laughs> I definitely don't remember the first sure, part of that line. I'm but sure I'm we like, all leaned over and whispered into each other. <laughs> <laughs> What's he guiding us oh, to? Sure. <laughs> So how about you? When you like were, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, that it's power nice of that kind of relationship. Yeah, I just did my first, like, finished my first track conference. Yes. Oh, yes. Which I was like, and I thought for my end, they went wonderful. Oh, and so the big thing, like when when I kind of went in, like having these parent conferences, was like, okay, we start with positive. What is the yes. child doing well? Something to kind of just bring forth the yes. effort that's being right. put, especially in kindergarten. You know, for some of these parents, it might be their first kid that's in school, just starting off something very lighthearted and positive. Yeah. And then the way I phrase after that, kind of, where is an area that your child needs to grow? Where is there mm. room for growth? Not necessarily this is positive, this is negative. I don't really like to use that kind of yeah. terminology, but sure. here's where your child shines and here's where we're going to grow. And here's what 
I'm going to do to support your child in that growth. This is not me saying, this is what you need to work on. This is me saying, here's what I'm noticing. Here's what I'm going to do to support them, whether it's academically, behaviorally. And then what do you need from me? What can I do? What questions do you have for me? And and kind of building it so that they know like they have a role in this too, but it's not just me pushing it on them. Like, hey, we finished up the first quarter. What do you need to be doing? Here's what you need to do. Here's what we need to do. I like to use that word, we. Yeah, you know, that is like lots of different ways. I see that the, you know, the, the three of you are on the same type of thinking about that we idea, yeah. the partnership, the the relationship building that we sort of are, are building in this conversation about. And it's, it's kind of fun to know that that is one that aligns us as a school, but it also is something that is, you know, initially in the gut of the first year teacher, validated through years in and then truly, <laughs> you know, really, really, you know, really leaned upon and really understands that there is true power in that benefit and then humbled yourself enough to say like it truly is about the kids in the end in terms of that. Um, So when we started the idea about this, I said, hey guys, I want you to think of, you know, something ancient. I made a little bit of a a rock analogy of using sand pebbles and of course rocks. And the sand piece was, what if you, in your educational you know, understanding your experiences. What is something that maybe you've learned to live with? Or maybe, what do you think, uh, what do you know is true? And then we'll do with pebbles, which is like, what is insight that you've learned? And then the rocks is that what you learned that is most foundational. So let's go around the room and um, just for a couple minutes, what have you learned to live with? Or what have you found that's true? Hmm. What have you learned to live with, Miss Fuller? I have learned that no child is like any other child. And every single year, every single class is going to be different. And that is just the way it is. And every single year, I feel like a brand new teacher every single year because I am. That is certainly that is certainly a truth, you know, for you in terms of that initial piece. Every piece, every family, every kid, every year, every initiative, it's the unknown of what's coming. What's coming. Mm -hmm. And just embracing it, being okay with it. I think that that's so valid though, because it's not like kids change so much from year to year also. So Mm -hmm. it's learning to live with the fact that student A might have really struggled with something last year and now this year they're not and they're doing great or vice versa. There was something that was not a challenge last year and now it is presenting as a massive challenge and that just because it was one way in one year, in one group of kids and in one environment, it might not look the same. So like you said, you just gotta roll with the punches and try to build, still go back to me building the relationship <laughs> to make to make, to make make something good out of whatever it may be, whether it be in something that's challenging or something that's positive. This next question might be really for you. <laughs> uh, the pebble, which is what insight have you learned? What have you learned? you know, so far this year in your career? That it is okay to not be on the same page as the rest of your team. In terms (laughs) of, yes, I I have a, first of all, wonderful team, but what they're doing doesn't always match up with what I'm doing because I'm figuring things out that maybe they don't need to take the time out to figure out. And so sometimes I come to the meetings. Oh, sure. Like like they've learned that yes. the component. They, they've and so kind you of, need yeah. to stay within yourself yeah. and get it right yeah. for you for where you are. Great thought. And Very do good. kind of like what I need to do. And that it's okay. Sometimes I have this tendency of like comparing like, oh, like we're doing the same. Like we have our pacing guide. This is what the topic that I should be covering. 
but I'm kind of like, oh, I'm kind of spending more time. Like I have, I need to focus on my management. Like, oh, I right. need to focus on this. Um, some people were doing rotations early in the year and I was like, I tried rotation second day. That did not work. <laughs> I took a step back. I said, second quarter, we opened it back up and boy, are they much better than they were on the second day of school. So like things like that, like not being hard on myself and realizing that I'm new to this. I'm teaching kindergarten. Some of these kids are new to it. So I'm working with them and maybe what I want to try, I try it, but maybe with this particular group, that's not what they, that's not the place that they are at right now. That's a great place to just really just, <clears throat> honestly, that is probably such a confidence builder about having, being comfortable within that realm of just like where yeah. you are is okay yep. and you just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. What I'm really curious about though, is that mm -hmm. what have you, we found that is most foundational about education? What is the big rock, if you will, that is like, you know, is immovable and absolute, like something that is real about education? For me, it's effort. What you put in is what you're going to get out. I hmm. like students that might be struggling in an area. I can see that effort and when they put it in day after day and ask for help and put in that extra time in class i can it may be hard and it may be challenging for them but you can see that growth even if it's tiny and they feel better about themselves the more effort that they put in and the more that they get like the you don't give up you're doing it that productive struggle so for me it's that it, where it's you can't it's hard to help someone if they're refusing your help but if somebody's willing to put in the effort and try even if the growth is tiny it's still going to be there and it's something they can feel proud of at the end of the day. That's great. Boy, how powerful. I love that you said the productive struggle term. It is like such a real term about school and how important it is to the growth mindset idea. I love it. Okay. They are real people and they have real problems and the world is harsh and the world is getting smaller and they're exposed to so much information that mm. they don't need. And so most foundational for me is that every year, the kids drag in, they come in heavier and heavier with more and more of the outside world, they bring it in. That's and great. we have to really look at them and see. That's we good. don't know what mm -hmm. is what else is going and on. That, and that is in your climate, in your classroom, in your culture so clearly. You look at every single one of your children as complete individuals mm -hmm. while you're still putting them together on a path. And and it just is, it's, it's, and you make it such a loving and happy place as well because of that very thing. You see them for who they are and love them for yep. that. Yeah, That's yeah. very special. Woo -woo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how about, how about something for you? Ms. I Khan? would say, and especially like looking at this here, not every child learns the same. Mm -hmm. So it is my job really to provide them different resources give them those different opportunities to learn and not just say, this is the way I'm going to teach it. And this is the way you have to learn it. I have to be flexible with the way I'm presenting it. And I find every day that I'm striving to do that. And I, and I love it here. I think that was a perfect, you know, sort of analogy to what we were doing today, where mm -hmm. you were thinking about like how to do that with the academics yeah. as a, as a first year teacher or novice and know that these kids have to get somewhere on a yep. standard at the end of the year. And then over the years, it becomes where it's like not only just about academics, it's still the same idea about who they are and doing things differently and treating them well, but in all ways. Yeah. And so I think that was a perfect way to wrap it up. Um, I can't thank you enough for your insight, for your support, for your knowledge, for your energy, for your love of your students and Pinebrook Elementary School. 
Um, I want to, of course, give credit to LCPS and Spotify Podcast for the support of this podcast. And of course, thank you to Miss McAllister over here <laughs> and the staff and students of Pinebrook Elementary School and the parents at large. Um, we are working to continue empowering students to be their very best selves, as you saw bear witness today. Have a great everybody. Till next time. <laughs>